Yes. Yeah. You're listening to C. I. T. R. 101.9 Vancouver. God damn it, baby. No, I ain't lying to you. I'm only going to tell you one time. A groin grabbingly great station. Gentlemen, tonight from New York. That was very good. It was a mistake in here. Let's try it. Very good. Glad you say somebody. <laughs> Better than blaming nobody. It is ironic to see how quickly he has faded from memory, considering what an astounding record he made. He was, of course, very amusing, uh, but at the same time, touched a nerve. I get some tapes of his people. Who are you? Vampire Weekend. And who's in Vampire Weekend? Me. And you are? Ezra. And Ezra, who'd you have beside you? Chris. Christopher. From? New Jersey. From? U.S. New Jersey, Imlay's Town. From Vampire Weekend. Exactly. Yes. Welcome to Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada. Thank you. So here you are in Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada, home of the University of... British Columbia. The University of British Columbia. Oh, that's like our school. And oh. you went to school in... New York City. Home of... Of a lot of people, 8 million people. And Columbia University. Yes, yes, in the city of New York. Now, what's interesting is the University of British Columbia, here we are in B.C., is Canadian, but there are some Canadian connections to Columbia University, are there not? I'm sure that there are. Can you think of any, Ezra? Yeah, my sweetmate freshman year uh, was called Kieran, and he was from Toronto. That's pretty good. I was hoping, Ezra, that you might say Dave from the band Chromio was your French professor. Oh, well, he wasn't my French professor, but he, he's my girlfriend's French professor, and I, and I first met him in front of the library at Columbia. What can you tell the people about Dave from Chromio? He goes to Columbia University. He's a professor there? He's, he's finishing his PhD, but he's teaching classes. I, I can say that he's the only person I know that can make amazing music and also get a PhD in French literature. Now, his classmates, are they aware of his chromioisms? I think some of them, but probably a lot of them are really big nerds and probably don't even know that much about modern music. What's it like at Columbia? Are there a lot of nerds? Uh, there's some nerds, some jacks. There's a, there's a whole mixture. But there's something special that happens at Columbia, isn't there? The primal scream. What's the primal scream? Oh, I think uh, yeah. it's That's during midterm. Before, before exams, there's a, a general purge of, of internal emotions via vocal sounds. Like people yell in the middle of the night and scare everybody? Yeah, they open their windows and start yelling and stuff. It's not that big of a deal, though. It's just kind of a vague rumbling. It's not really a big deal. How big a deal is Columbia? How big a deal? You know, in, in terms of size, it's not that big. 
Because I was thinking, you know, you got Dave from Chromio, a French yeah. professor. That's pretty good. That is, it's great. Who else have you seen on campus? Wasn't Spike Lee on campus for a bit? He was. I actually saw uh, Bobby D, Robert De Niro scout in some locations once. But how about as students? Wasn't Spike Lee an actual student? Didn't he return as a student? Who has returned oh, as students? Yes. Spike Lee came and he took uh, Lit Hum, which is a class we all have to take. Um, wait, who, who's been students? Julia Stiles. I saw Julia oh, Stiles. Yeah, the same she lived in the same dorm room as me. Not mm. at the same time, though. Uh, no, no. Not at the same time. Um, was she down with the weekend? Would she let the weekend gigs happen at the dorm? Do people not let the gigs happen at the dorm? We never played a, a dorm, an official dorm, no. The cops got called once when we played in, a, in a, like a house on campus. The cops were called. It was loud, I guess. So the Julia Stiles, the Spike Lee, but you, Ezra, you have a personal connection to Spike Lee, don't you? That's right. Yeah. Because my dad worked on some of his movies. Doing set design, not acting, right? Right, No, no, not set design. He works for the people who design the sets. He builds the sets. The actual... Rockin' Robin? Yeah, that's his name. Rockin' Robin... Robin Koenig. And what other movies has he worked on? Let's see. Malcolm X, Crooklyn, uh, 25th Hour, there's the Spike Lee ones. Uh, Oh, uh... A little bit on Be Kind Rewind, the new Gondry. Requiem for a Dream. I'm naming all the good ones. Let me, oh, Spider-Man 3. That was in New York City. That was so, nice. So he builds a lot of the sets and stuff. What happens to the sets afterwards? Could they be purloined for Vampire Weekend backdrops? Oh, maybe. Well, occasionally, occasionally the people who work on movies do get a nice dresser or table from a movie. Sometimes they have to return it. Do you have anything in your house? No. <laughs> Ezra's dad hasn't given you anything? I have no furniture from Ezra's dad's movies. And how about Ezra's dad? Has Ezra's dad given Ezra anything to have in Ezra's house? Well, he gave me a long-sleeve Malcolm X t-shirt when I was 10. <laughs> From the movie. Was it yeah. a special t-shirt, though? Could it be a crew shirt, you know? It was very special. It was the Malcolm X World Tour, and this is the time when lots of people were wearing Malcolm X t-shirts. This was Malcolm X World Tour, New York, Mecca, and somewhere else. It was exciting. A vampire Weekend. When I entered the realm known as YouTube, are you familiar with YouTube? That's our... Collectively favorite website. I entered into search terms in brackets, polite punk. You did? Yes, polite <laughs> punk. If you put in brackets, polite punk in YouTube, first thing that comes up is... Vampire Weekend? Vampire Weekend. That's great. It's you guys playing at some amphitheater and all these teens dancing to you. Do you remember that gig? And was it a polite punk gig? What is polite punk? I'm not sure what people mean by polite punk. I mean, we, d- we don't try and be rude. We try and be positive. Not all of them were teens either. I just want to clarify that. Some yeah, of them were, were, were in their 20s. They were classified as teen jumpers on YouTube. That's right, yeah. But this was at the East River Amphitheater or something? What's that? That's on the Lower East Side of New York City. It was, a, it was an incredible day. It was the blue sky and, and, and a very good, very good time there. It's probably my favorite video of yours on YouTube. I just love it, to seeing the crowd dancing, yeah. you kicking it out there. But there's been some other interesting Vampire Weekend gigs that are actually documented on YouTube. The Roosevelt Island? What was that one? That we were pl- there, that's a weird little island that's in between Manhattan and Queens, and we played on the bottom tip of it. And when you say played on it, you really played on it because you were sitting on your asses on it, weren't you? That's true. That was an acoustic-type gig. Uh, it was real stripped down, real summery. It was great. Was it advertised, or did you just set up and go for it? It was, it was minimally advertised. It was, it's kind, it was kind of a, a little festival. A lot of bands did it, played short sets like that. Vampire Weekend, you guys have a song called A... 
A-punk. Is there a dance for A-punk? And doing all these gigs, have you seen people doing an A-punk dance? I think I've seen people do a kind of a twist, and we had these girls on stage who made their own O glasses, and, and during the O part, they went like this and pointed to the glasses. I'm not sure if it's really like a dance craze, but it's a dance. Is there a specific movement sort? I guess you got glasses, because I saw some videos of dancing to A-punk, people going like this, like this. This is the A-punk. Really? What do you think about that as an A-punk dance? Mm, it's it's not. It's going to be tough in a, in a venue, probably. Yeah, I don't think that'll hold up next to Soldier Boy's dance. It's a little more complicated and exciting. Vampire Weekend, how tough is New York? How tough is New York? Depends on the, on the neighborhood, probably. As tough as you want it to be, not tough for me. <laughs> Here's a quote, Ezra, from New York's Hugo Lindgren. And this is about Vampire Weekend. If Vampire Weekend had shown up at CBGB circa 1978, these outre Ivy League preppies probably would have been beaten with bicycle chains. Holy shit. <sighs> I'm not scared, Hugo. I'll show up anywhere I want. That's pretty tough, isn't it? That's pretty tough New York, isn't it? That sounds tough. But he's, was that on the internet, probably? No, this was from a New York magazine. New York's magazine. Hugo Lindgren. Well, he sounds like a microphone gangster. I mean, he could, if he wants to come and come to me with a bicycle chain, we'll see what happens. I mean, I imagine he's a little older than me. Well, one thing that puzzled me about that was CBGBs. Have you guys played CBGBs at all? No, and actually it's no longer existing. Maybe, maybe in Vegas. Maybe when it reopens in Vegas, though. With the urinals from the CBGBs that were in New York. That'd be so legit. But I was thinking, though, you would probably have fit in just fine in New York 1977. There were all types of people. It wasn't all, like, studded, pe studded people with, like, chains and stuff, was it? Yeah, exactly. I mean, television, talking heads, not, and blondie, not exactly scary people. And a lot of them probably hated each other, too, and beat up. So, I mean, you'd fit in just fine. I mean, that's a critic being overly critical, do you think? Possibly. Uh, what do you think about that, like, critics being overcritical? Your other gig you played at the Doug Fur in Portland, it got a review, and the review wasn't too positive. It said, no encore, ouch. No, but the audience, but we told them. We had a good connection with the audience, and you have to imagine that we're there having this positive connection with the audience, and then there's this one person taking notes in the corner, getting angry about it. But we had the, the, that was one of the best audiences we played for. They're excited. But isn't that weird, though? The review is no encore. If you don't get an encore, ouch, it's a bad gig. It's not always that way, is it? I don't think so. Like, no encore, ouch. That's a pretty hard critic. Yeah, I mean, they, they probably have something else hurting them that's making them say ouch. Have you been <laughs> misunderstood, though, for, perhaps, in the name of the band, like Vampire Weekend? Have any critics thought, hmm, is this a Bauhaus tribute band? No critics, but occasionally the uh, depressed MySpace teen. Because, you know, Vampire Weekend, you know, goth, vampires on the weekend, we're a Bauhaus tribute band. But Weekend is, is a more positive vibe, so it kind of bounces out the vampire, possibly. In this band, Vampire Weekend, you have a gentleman who plays keyboards. Correct. Could you please explain to me what is the connection between the gentleman, Rostam, who plays keyboards, and this book right here? Well... Najma Bamanglish is his mother, and she uh, has authored many cookbooks, and they're great cookbooks. I suggest you pick them up, and she's an incredible cook. Both times we played D.C., we've, we've eaten at their kitchen, and it's incredible. Now, if you could open it to the anointed page right there, right it's there. really interesting. This could be a foreshadowing of things to come for Vampire Weekend. What do we see inside of it? A dedication. To? 
Zal and Rostam. So there it is. Rostam is mentioned in a book years before the formation of Vampire Weekend. I think that was his first press. And if you turn it over, it's really cool. Look at all the praises that the book gets. And you guys have got quite a few praises from some of those same places. Yeah, not world of cookbooks, though. <laughs> Hopefully one of these days. But you guys do like the cooking, though, don't you? You do like the cooking. Yes, yes, definitely. Was there some sort of lobster cook-off involved with Vampire Weekend, a lobster contest when you guys yeah, were in Europe? Yeah, yeah, in Stockholm. What was that about? It was a magazine had a contest for people. Just if they answered a question right, they got to come eat lobster soup with us. <laughs> they, and didn't, they didn't come to the show, but they, yeah, they, they got a free lobster soup. <laughs> and it was good. We enjoyed the lobster soup. Cruising the streets of New York, there's lots of food carts out there, isn't there? Lots of food. When you're in New York, there's tons of food carts. What are your favorite food carts, and what do you buy from them? Well, in London, I got some, uh, some, some, I think, stew from Ghana that was really good. It was on Portobello Road. I enjoyed that. And how particularly in New York City and stuff New when you're walking? Because in Vancouver here, you don't see too many street carts. You know, they're... Lens Coffee, though. They have the coffee places, but not too many, you know, street carts. What are the street carts that you actually check out? I used to eat hot dogs all the time, and then I found out they weren't good for you, so then I kind of cut that out. <laughs> they weren't safe for the environment? <laughs> uh, they're probably not safe for the environment either. I, they're, well, oh, there are these legendary places that people line up all in Midtown that, uh, oh, that serve yeah. halal chicken and rice. I've only like had that once. 50s, lower 50s and like 6. Yeah, those were really good. I had that once too. Yeah, but I, I can't really bring myself to wait an hour in the cold for that. Vampire Weekend, you know you've arrived when... When you're talking to Nardwar. <laughs> I know, baboom! I wish! Actually, you know when you've not arrived, you've hit rock bottom. Oh, no. <laughs> no, really, you know you arrived when you landed up in the New York Times style section, How to Dress Like Vampire Weekend. This is amazing. Yeah, it's, I, I like that. I like clothes sometimes. <laughs> is that really the top how to dress like a vampire weekend this was a little men's fashion spring 2008 that is arriving isn't it i suppose i wouldn't necessarily characterize it as the top but it's it's something <laughs> but that doesn't really emulate everything because rostam mm. whose mom authored the great cookbook yeah. of iranian persian cuisine when he goes through texas he kind of throws a loop into that doesn't he he wears sweaters he I think he did wear a sweater in yeah, Texas. Like wearing a sweater in Texas. Is that that's wrong? Well, according to the diagram from the New York <laughs> Times, it is wrong, but still, that's pretty punk. Like, I was saying, that's pretty hardcore, you know? Yeah, that's the kind of person who would beat you with a bicycle chain at CBGB's, <laughs> I think. Another thing I was thinking about Vampire Weekend is, you know you've arrived when there are videos out there of people taping themselves watching you on Saturday Night Live. Really? That's, that exists? Yes, there's videos on the internet of people taping themselves watching you on TV. That's, that's postmodern meta modern video art. Yeah, I love that. I think that's totally incredible. That's very good. Now, when you guys played the David Letterman show, yes. he held up vinyl. Yeah. How hard was it to get him to hold up the vinyl? When the White Stripes played the David Letterman show, he had to check the vinyl for anthrax. Really? Well, actually... Oh, no, I should, should I tell that? That actually wasn't, our, our record actually hadn't been pressed yet, so that wasn't actually our record. That was the real cover, but not the real record. But that's the magic of television. But still, it was <laughs> cardboard, wasn't it, or was it a completely fake record? No, 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 no. that was, the, that was the real cover, and, and he, yeah, it, it was cool, because we thought a CD, so little, boring record, you know? It's bigger. Yeah. 
Vampire Weekend, you've described your music, and people have described your music as preppy African? Yes, they have. Now, if people really want to understand the sound, the dynamic, that is sweeping the nation of Vampire Weekend, and they want to hop aboard the Vampire Weekend bandwagon, is this the indestructible Beat of Soweto, the template to follow, Ezra? It's, it's not the template to follow because it's an amazing compilation. It's, it's really great. But when you, everyone who listens to it is not going to come out making the same kind of music. So I don't know. What can you say about the indestructible beat of Soweto? Well, first of all, it has an amazing cover, and I don't care what people say. It's important for a record to have a great cover. The way they made the colors, it looks awesome. And also, it's just it's it's all sorts of different kinds of South African music. You got like Ladysmith doing vocal stuff. Then you have the like some kind of heavier stuff with like drums. It, it, it's a good introduction. Track, track 11 is really good. African music seems to pop up everywhere. What can you tell me about this particular? African artist, Mr. Hugh Masakela. Oh. Probably best known for his, uh, his hit single, Grazing in the Grass. We met his son. Yeah. And I think his son said he gave Hugh our CD. Yeah. His son is like a skateboarder or something, right? Oh, there, there's another, oh, there's a producer's son that just worked with the Happy Mondays, I think, and he said he gave it to his dad, and he said his dad liked it, but who knows, he could have just been just fucking around, I don't know. What can you say about Hugh Masakela? Well, he, he had to leave South Africa, and that, that obviously is unfortunate, but he, he managed to have a successful music career, so that's great. And on the African tip, there's more. I mean, it's the gift that keeps giving. You guys have turned me on to Dollar Brand. Also what can you say? Abdullah Ibrahim before he changed his name. Killing it. Or after his name, after <laughs> he changed his name to Abdullah Ibrahim. What can you say about Dollar Brand? More African music. My mom has a Dollar Brand record that I loved growing up that had this like really minimalist gem of him just playing piano. So he was, you know, he's he someone... He's, he comes from more of the jazz realm. I think Hugh Masekela was a jazz guy too, but then he kind of went pop with when Grayson hit, you know, got to repeat that success. Um, but no, yeah, he's, he is really good. I've, I've, I've listened to a lot of his stuff. Um, when I used to do jazz radio, I used to play it. Because that's what's interesting about Vampire Weekend. You get into your music and you start digging. You start digging into the dollar brand, indestructible beat of Soweto. And then you start learning more about Dollar Brown. I was interested to find out that his daughter is the rapper What What? Jean Grey. Oh, really? Yes. From OK Playerland, you know, The Roots, that whole team. Yeah, yeah. I did not know that. So, a rapper from New York, a daughter of Dollar Brand, a wow. future collaborator, perhaps, with The Vampire Weekend? I'd be into it. I love The Roots and OK Player. Have you ever heard of What What? She was called What What. That was her name, What What. Oh, I've heard of Jean Grey. Yeah, that's her, yeah. I don't, no, I never heard it something where she was called What What. Now, speaking of the word what. What? You guys have a song called Oxford... Comma. In his song, Oxford Comma, Vampire Weekend says, Little John, he always tells... The truth. The truth. And do you know who's playing Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada tonight? Hopefully Little John. Little John is playing. The Eastside Boys. Little John is playing. He's doing a DJ set in Vancouver, and I have an interview arranged with Little John. Can you play our song for him? Would you like to come with me to meet Little John and play your song to Little John and introduce him to the world of Vampire Weekend? That'd be amazing if we can do it and, and still play our show. <laughs> I'll try to arrange it. I was talking to Little John's manager, and this is kind of an insight perhaps into Vampire Weekend, and I was phoning up Little John's manager and going, look, there's this new band. They're out. They're really hot. They've been on Saturday Night Live. They're the cover of Spin. Can they talk to... Little John, and he's like, well, send me some more information. It's like, I was trying to sell you guys the hottest band. I could even hype. Like, even though you guys are hyped, 
Sometimes the hype doesn't do anything, does it? We're never going to be as hyped as him. Like, I was trying to hype you to Little John's manager. Look, Saturday Night Live covers... Is there anything else I could have said to win the manager over? I don't know, playing Richard on Richards in Vancouver, B.C.? I mentioned that, and I mentioned the song, but to some people it means nothing, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, because all these people are saying, oh, Vampire Weekend are hyped, they're hyped, they're hyped. But when I, I was trying to hype the hyped, I couldn't even hype the hype. I don't know, you could tell them that we were just backstage at an Ice Cube show in Texas. They made a song together that's really great. You actually did meet the Cube? What? Mm, this kid no. I went to high school with works for Microsoft, and he had backstage passes. So that I was wanted, the story. Yeah, I wanted to meet the Cube, but I, I had this whole idea, you know, because I think when you meet someone like that, you, you can't say a lot. You can't gush. You have to be respectful and say, I like, you're great. But as soon as he comes off stage, even though you're backstage, he, he goes straight into uh, a car that drives off. So. so are you guys down with that? Would you possibly come with me to meet Little John? We'll try to arrange it, make this happen. Yes. And if people are wondering why again, well, you have the lyric from Oxford, comma, Little John, he always tells the truth. But also, Rostam, did he also help contribute the word crunk to the dictionary? Yeah, he did. He interned at the OED. No, when I say the word dictionary, it's like the real dictionary. What can you say about this? Well, he, he was working there, and they, he was kind of interning, and they gave him three words. They could choose three words to do, and crunk was one of them. I believe it's kind of a, a baseline thing is, is the sentence that he used, something like that. So I could say, Mr. Little John, these are the gentlemen, Vampire Weekend, that helped put you in the dictionary. Yeah, we can see what he says. And you could run in and play your song for him. Yeah. You got some acoustic stuff ready to go? We don't, but we can. We can. We can make it happen. We'll hit the thrift stores right now. Yeah. Find a Casio. We'll give him a CD. Vampire Weekend, winding up here, what can you tell me about the Denver airport and conspiracies? <laughs> okay, well, I, I haven't done any research myself, although I did go to Den the Denver airport recently when I was flying to San Francisco, and I felt kind of weird, but I, it was also right after South by Southwest. Go on YouTube, and there's a video that purports that the Denver airport is some sort of New World Order Nazi thing. And I watched it. <laughs> I'll admit it, I watched it. Chris, do you play along with the Denver conspiracies? I haven't watched the YouTube video, so I can't, I can't say. I'm sorry. I had a really good burrito there once. Now, speaking of burritos and Omaha, did you guys play a Depeche Mode dance party in Omaha? No. Oh, that, that, didn't, that didn't come off. We were supposed to, but yeah. it didn't happen. Because that actually sounds like a career-defining moment. It could have been, but we missed it. <laughs> we played the Slowdown Junior instead to not that many people. In New York City, I understand they're going to be getting KEXP, like it's out of Seattle. What do you think about KEXP coming to New York and Brooklyn? I think that's great. That's a, a station that's always supported us. Is it going to change much? Because things are going quite well in Brooklyn. Is it going to ruin it? Is it going to make it better? I mean, what sort of music is there out there for people to listen to on the radio? KEXP taking over from the hot. Well, they, KXB already broadcasts on 91.5 for a couple hours a night, I think. But, yeah, it would be cool to have, I mean, hopefully they can keep kind of the same spirit and vibe they, they have in Seattle, like kind of the independent and playing new stuff. And that would be really cool if they could do it in Brooklyn. And you guys are from Brooklyn, or at least most of you are from Brooklyn. Or you call your, you're proud to call yourself a Brooklyn no, band? No, no, no. No, we, we never call ourselves a Brooklyn band. Jules Holland called us a Brooklyn band, and we, we wrote him a note. Next time, don't call us a Brooklyn band. But it is important, though, if you're from Brooklyn, to represent your borough, isn't it, in New York? Do you rep your borough? Like, what is your borough, and do you rep the borough? Well, I was born in, in Manhattan, and, you know, I, but I, I don't know if I want to rep it that way, because most of the bands that come out of Brooklyn aren't really from Brooklyn, you know? They just moved there. Well, can you break some sort of theories and shatter people who isn't from Brooklyn? Well, I think probably almost every band that 
is labeled. They probably don't self-label them. They just live in Brooklyn. Like, I'm from New Jersey. Ezra's from New Jersey. We're not from Brooklyn, but we live... Call a Brooklyn band. Let's think of a Brooklyn band. Um, probably, like, TV on the radio. Clap your hands and say, yeah. Uh, I don't know for sure, but I'm almost positive none of those guys grew up in Brooklyn. Um, wait, who's... Act- it's easier to think people are actually from Brooklyn. Jay-Z. Beastie Boys. Beast- one, some of the, one of the Beastie Boys. Noah Baumbach. Uh, Brooklyn Vent. <laughs> oh, Woody Allen? How do you rep your borough, though? Do you write your name on your underwear? How have you seen people repping the boroughs when you've been out there? There must be people repping the boroughs. How do you rep yeah. your borough? Well, I don't know. My dad's from the Bronx, and when he talks to people from the Bronx, I notice a little more of an accent creeping up. So that's part of it, is you got to remember your borough accent. Who do you think is the most sexy man voice in Brooklyn? Sexy man voice in Brooklyn? Whoa. Uh, most sexy man voice. Like the band The National. Do they have the sex, oh, oh. you know? Matt Berninger from The National. Yeah. Is that like a sexy man voice? Or is it the Beastie Boys? Are they the sexiest? I, well, I like The National a lot. I think they're awesome. So I'll go, I'm going to go with him. I like uh, uh, Ad Rock, I think, is the, the best voice in The Beastie Boys. It all goes back to The Beastie Boys. You just can't get away from those guys, can you? No, I love those guys. Ezra, what can you tell me about the guy that does duets with humpback whales? Oh, Paul Winter. I mean, what, what, what is there to say about well, that? That sounds amazing. What is that? Doing duet? Like, how does he do it? Out on a boat? It's like a new agey thing. I think, you know, using like sound recordings and kind of integrating it into his studio work. And the covers yeah. are really good of those records yeah, as well. Yeah, I mean, he's, he's famous. He, I guess he started out as kind of a straight jazz guy, but then got into this kind of new age jazz intersection. George Martin produced his, his record Icarus, which I bought for Ezra for a dollar one. So George Martin inadvertently produced a whale then? Well, no, that, this is later Paul Winter, later kind of era. But still, indirectly, that's pretty... That, I mean, can you get any more nature or down-to-earth than that producing a whale? That's awesome. Yeah. Uh, nothing wrong. You're not hurting the environment there at all, right? That's environmentally friendly recording. Speaking of merchandise and environmentally friendly stuff, you guys, although you're not wearing it now, have Vampire Weekend toques. What's a toque? Is that a toque. scarf or a hat? Toque is Canadian. For a scarf? Skull hat. You know, Skull beanie, hat. you know. Oh, yes. we don't have them anymore. They sold no, out. Hats are sold out. We still got scars, though. But still, toques. You have toques. Like, Vampire Weekend toques. That is great. They, they sold pretty well. The kids liked <laughs> the it. The kids liked it. <laughs> Although, I don't know if any of them would call them toques, because they didn't last to Canada. Vampire Weekend. How many vampires does it take to have a good weekend? Zero. <laughs> well, thanks so much for Vampire Weekend. Anything else you want to add to the people out there at all? Uh, Vancouver's nice. I like it. I love Joni Mitchell. Why should people care about Vampire Weekend? Why should people care? Oh, they don't have to. <laughs> yeah, there's no yeah. reason that they should have to care about us yeah. at all. If they want if they, to. Maybe because cause we're, not, we're not hurting anybody. Well, thanks much, Vampire Weekend. Keep on rocking in the free world and do 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 do
Oh, man. 
Baby, and I know, baby. 